Smartcast. You are listening to a Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. Increasingly, there are concerns on the business model that underpins the digital world. There is now an established thinking that the big tech, which includes Google, Facebook, are spawning a new variant of capitalism. surveillance capitalism surveillance capitalism works by providing free services that billions of people cheerfully use enabling the providers of those services to monitor the behavior of those users in astonishing detail often without the explicit consent this activity is often carried out by companies that provide us with free online services such as search engines google and social media platforms like facebook These companies collect and scrutinize our online behaviors, likes, dislikes, searches, social networks, purchases to produce data that can be further used for commercial purposes. And it is often done without us understanding the full extent of the surveillance. Such thinking has often resulted in a tech clash from time to time. And whether is the big tech betraying us? Well, the fact of the matter remains that we can't do much without the big tech too. For instance, an unprecedented pandemic like this saw the increasing role of community groups on Facebook coming to the fore. For this dispatch of the future of, we get into a freewheeling chat with Ajit Mohan, Vice President and Managing Director at Facebook India, to know more about the consumption pattern of users at the world's largest social media network, the regulatory ire, future of news lessons learned from India, the investment in geo platforms, and so on. Uh, let's begin with the conversation. The elephant in the room right now is the entire narrative in the conversation about COVID-19. The newsrooms are flooded with that. I did have a look at the report as to what the world's largest social media network has to say about the consumption patterns of Indians during the pandemic. And I think the one overarching theme that really emerged was that how online communities have helped people sail through the pandemic. But honestly, my first reaction, the first blush looking at those findings was that it's not necessarily surprising, right? Uh, I mean, during moments of fear or when the pandemic or such extraordinary situations happen, people tend to get closer. I mean, it's just a very human trait to sort of be more inward looking when you are operating in an environment of fear. So I'm not necessarily sure the fact that Facebook has come up with this report that we were all guided by online communities is essentially path breaking i would want to understand from you perhaps in this conversation that if you were to give me two or three key traits that how this pandemic has changed business culture communication for generations to come what are the three revelations that the world's largest social media network can tell us yeah uh, thank you srija uh, great to be here um i think the report that you're referring to uh for your audience um one of the things that it highlighted and and that headline is quite stark that in 11 of the 15 countries uh that were surveyed including india the the largest proportion of people said that the most important group or community in their lives is primarily online and and i think in many ways reach that sets the context for your question about um 
that that at a time, uh, especially in India, as we are seeing uh, the second spike in the pandemic, um, and the situation is pretty uh, grim uh, in, in a lot of different parts around the world. Um, I think your question is, what have the last 12 months really done in terms of fundamental shifts in behavior? Um, I think let me answer uh, in terms of saying, highlighting what has not changed. Uh, and I think it again kind of uh, goes to the headline from this research work that we did. What hasn't changed is that people around the world, independent of countries, independent of the economic or cultural context, continue to rely on communities that are important to them. Uh, uh, you know, that's an essential part of people's lives, being part of groups, being part of interest groups, being part of uh, community groups. Um, the, 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 the only big change is increasingly a lot of it is online. And I think you correctly pointed out that uh, it's definitely been accelerated uh, by what we have seen uh, in the world in the last 12 months. And uh, to your question, I would call out three things. Um, one, there is clearly a shift in behavior where all of us are increasingly more comfortable um, having a large part of our lives online. In many ways, uh, due to different versions of the lockdown that we had in different parts of the world, uh, many of us were forced to go online or forced to live online. But that trend has been in place for a long time where um, a, a lot of our followership of interests uh, to this report, our, our sense of belonging in communities and groups was shifting online and that has gotten accelerated in the last 12 months. Uh, so that's, that's clearly one. I think the second part is uh, the importance of virtual presence. Uh, we saw that in a lot of behaviors. We saw that a, a massive growth across our platforms that um, as, as, the, as the world shut down last year, uh, there was this deep desire to connect with your friends or your family or with the others around the world at a time when uh, we could not be physically in the same rooms and, and, and in many ways that continues. Um, and, and I think people were getting on you know, a Zoom call like this, were getting on uh, rooms on Facebook, uh, bots have video calls, uh, creators were doing broadcasts on Instagram. Um, I think there's, there's such a deep desire uh, for people to connect with each other uh, that one of the big shifts in technology that we're going to see is the rapid evolution of what does it mean to have presence virtually. And, and in many ways, I think uh, uh, we were headed towards a world in which AR and VR were going to play a more important role. I think that's gotten accelerated because uh, you've just unlocked this appetite for virtual presence. And uh, I think we've barely scratched the surface, right? I mean, it's great to have a video call, but imagine a world in which you put on a headset and, and we all can, uh, uh, can, can feel like we are in the same room, engaging with each other, um, where some of the constraints of uh, uh, not being physically in the same space go away. Um, and the third thing, I, I think, Srija, obviously what we have seen is this is going to impact commerce as well in a, in a very material manner, right? 
um it's it's uh it's because a lot more people are online uh, around the world uh, but again i think because of some of the constraints that were imposed we are seeing that uh people have more comfort with uh discovering products and services online shopping online and and i think that acceleration is going to get uh, uh e- even more entrenched over the next few months and years i also sort of have another question you know as a follow up to the survey that you did i think it's a pretty interesting finding which said that the online community groups will have become significantly more important in india compared to rest of the world i was wondering are there any particular reasons driving this uh, we of course allude to the fact that the entire reason of digital transformation was accelerated in india and what it really means to be online so i want to understand that you know why do you think the community groups will have a larger role in india compared to other parts of the world yeah srija i think uh, a couple of things to call out and 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 um i think you you alluded to it there are a couple of numbers that stand out for uh, this work that we were doing largely looking at you know uh, facebook groups around the world um how, how do people use those groups what is their uh, sense of belonging with the group um, and and just to set the context about 1.8 billion people around the world use facebook groups every month and and when we started probing this uh, and and trying to understand what the underlying drivers for a few things stood out for uh, in india and just to call out a couple um one one of the things you know uh, in 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 the rest of the world around 31% of people said they found a great sense of belonging uh to their group in india the number was 43.8 um it, it's you know uh, when you asked uh, people about the importance of online communities in their lives um about 99.5% said they were significantly more important uh compared to you know other groups in india the number was 38.8 so you do uh, you do see uh, a world in which uh, communities are pretty important anyway to everyone but even in that context we are seeing that it's even more so true in india which is the point that you just called out uh, srija and and to your question of what explains it i mean for me it's it's two or three things srija one um clearly we've gone through a period of rapid digitization over the last 4 5 years where an extraordinarily large number of people have come online right um more than 700 million people who have uh, affordable access to high quality internet in india that number was probably less than 50 million uh 5 years ago so you definitely have the context of india where massive transformation is happening just in terms of a very large number of people who are coming online for the first time uh for whom data is not just affordable it's also good quality uh internet and they're recognizing that there are lots of tools that unleash the uh, ability to add value to their lives so that's that's clearly one context second is i think as a country uh, we have a history of of uh, having deep bonds within community groups uh, way before the internet and and i think what you see in countries around the world is that a lot of the social code and fabric that pre-exists the internet tend to start uh, getting imported into the internet with of course uh, the enablement happening that you don't 
you're not constrained a lot by geography, right? You're able to connect with a lot more people. You're able to not just connect with people earlier, which may have been limited to your physical community or a local context. You now have the ability to connect with interest groups and that interest group can be anywhere in the world. But that's the other thing to call out that I think um, this is a country which has a history of deep connects and bonds. And frankly, um, active, uh, 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 you know, sort of effort by groups to help each other. And, and I think in many ways, that's all gotten amplified in the last 12 months. One of the things that we have seen is uh, the presence of a lot of groups that have come up in India over the last 12 months, going back to March and April of last year. And, and I think just given what we are seeing in the last couple of weeks with the second spike in cases. I think all of these groups are going to do all of the fabulous work that they did last year in full force again. I think a great example is uh, Caremongers in India, right? I think which has been re renamed Humankind Global now, which started with the idea that they will try and provide food and medicine to people, especially the more vulnerable and older population uh, whose family members may not be uh, physically located in the same city. And I think that that that's the power of the history of communities helping each other in India, and that's coming online. I think the third thing to call out is um, the demographics. Um, I, I think we keep talking about it as a country. We are a very young country. Um, uh, most of our population is below 30 years old. In fact, below 26 years old is a is a significant uh, percentage of our population, and. Um, these are people who are recognizing the power of digital, not just to, excuse me, not just to transform their own lives, but also to show up and be helpful to each other, especially at the time of a crisis. That was sort of meaningful, Ajit. Sort of, I think it's one last question on your survey, and if you will, I think we can get on to the larger conversation. I think that's very fascinatingly. I think one thing that's really stood out for me was that the group administrators said that it's a welcoming differences of opinion. I think that was a refreshing statement coming from Facebook. And there are millions of group administrators as the data shows clearly. And it's a clearly a very hopeful sign just in the kind of world that we live in right now. But you know, how does that really square off with the very significant criticism that social media is used by bad actors to create hate and divide people? And this has significant negative effect on policy and society. And you know, further sort of how does it reconcile with research that shows social media, including Facebook, is creating filter bubbles with people of the same opinions, reinforcing their own views, adding to societal tensions? Uh, yeah, I, I think, Srija, so many uh, questions packed there. So let me kind of try and unpack and address uh, different parts of it. I think one, um, no surprise, and, and something that we deeply believe here, because we see that every day and we see that in the data every day. Uh, and if anything, I think the last 12 months amplified it as predominantly people on our platforms, whether it's Facebook or Instagram or WhatsApp, use it for good. Uh, use it uh, to start a business, uh, to connect with their friends and family, uh, to build followership. Um, and, and more than anything else to this conversation, use it to build communities that are important for them, uh, for which as the survey showed, there's an extraordinary sense of belonging. 
it's it's a positive energy and i think that's what we see the vast number of people on our platform and the vast number of actions on our platform whether in a public social media space or a private messaging space are people going about their lives wanting to make their lives better and wanting to make the lives of others better um but as in as in everything in the world uh when you do have the emergence of new technologies uh that can unleash tools that are forced for good um that that uh, empower people or that connect people there will be a minority of actors who will want to do harm who will indulge in behavior uh that we transparently call out as unacceptable on our platforms uh, and and i think we are aligned um we are aligned in the agenda of limiting the ability of these actors to do harm uh, i think in the last few years the company has invested in safety and security uh, uh, uh disproportionately we have more than 30 35000 people who work on the agenda of safety and security our policies are transparent in terms of what we do and we've also invested a lot uh, srijay in systems and technology that limit the ability of uh, harmful actors to do harm and harmful content uh, uh, to radiate i think the 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 second part of this uh, and and you know the one thing to call out there is um and i've said this before is that i think when you look at stakeholders around the world including democratic governments who call out that uh, companies like ours technology companies and social media platforms should do more um we, we've always been vocal that we are aligned with that agenda and and we recognize that even as we are doing a lot um it is never enough and and we approach this with the uh mindset that we should continue to do more and more uh and that's 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 what we do whether it's in investing in systems or processes or policies or people uh, to the second part of your question uh srija on polarization i i actually think there is now enough research um and 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 you know between uh, in the last two or three years there has been enough research done uh at at pew at usc that has gone into understanding uh the role of echo chambers the role of political polarization uh and the role of uh social media in that polarization um and i, I think the the points of view that come out are are quite nuanced uh especially even when you look at what is the polarization among non internet users um and 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 forget even you know uh, people who don't use social media or or facebook or instagram or whatsapp but people who may not be even on the internet because that's the great way to understand how much of this is triggered by the internet or by platforms like us and and the research um uh, does show that the 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 uh the simplistic argument that uh, attributes polarization to social media is not true um having said that i think um we we definitely as a company see that um we have um we have a huge role to play in making sure that uh the the platforms are used for the right conversations even when there is differences of opinion it's done in a respectful manner i think one of the things we are proud of is uh being an enabling platform for points of view from all ends of the spectrum 
and 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 um, but but to try and make sure that that conversation is respectful. I think one thing to call out here is going back to a few years ago. One of the things that we actually did, uh, even though at that point uh, it came at the cost of lower engagement on our platform, is to pivot our framework to conversations that were more meaningful, right? Uh, uh, rather than uh, 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 proliferation of uh, public news that in that context may have been considered more polarizing. So that's the only other thing that I would call out that where we have had to make hard choices, even if it has meant um, it has come at the cost of engagement. And this is one of the criticisms that we see as a company that you have an incentive in driving polarization because it's helpful to engagement. The truth could not be further. Uh, I think we, we actually believe that we benefit from positive conversations on the platform. We benefit from misinformation not radiating on the platform, uh, not just in terms of uh, uh, the people on our platform, but even our economic model benefits from it. So our interests are quite aligned with the, the interests of ensuring that even when there is differences of opinion, uh, the conversations are respectful. And I think if anything, what we've shown in the past three years, where we have had to make choices, uh, we have chosen to do the right thing, even if it has come at the cost of engagement in the short term. That's sort of pretty meaningful coming from you, Ajit, and sort of reiterating that positive conversations have actually helped the platform. Uh, but tell me one thing that this entire narrative, which keeps sort of springing time to time and again about surveillance capitalism and the role of big tech in that, which really is at the heart of it, and the betrayal by big tech. I think some of those conversations are more popular in the Valley, in the markets of US and the UK. Do you think that the way you are building out Facebook in India, you have a distinct advantage, just given that that noise is not that much more aggravated in these parts? And, uh, and the second part of my question really is that you also have a very powerful ally in Reliance Industries. And does that make your presence in India much better on those counts. I would uh, I would separate the I would separate the answers to the two questions, Srija, because um, the the answers are actually in different buckets. And let me explain both. Um, on the first one, um, I, I I actually think the scrutiny on tech companies is global. It's not just in the West. Uh, it, it's it's everywhere, including in India. And as I've said in the past. Um, in many ways, I think it's entirely fair for all stakeholders, including the government, uh, to put a spotlight on tech companies uh, and ask the question, in the light of rapid changes in technology, how are we making sure that societies like us, including in India, are able to leverage uh, the benefits of rapid technology innovation to transform our lives for the better, but equally make sure that companies like ours are doing everything we can to limit harm. Uh, um, and, 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 and I think it's about making sure that we can do both, right? Making sure that the canvas is uh, expansive and permissive uh, to allow the kind of rapid transformation in the economy that we have seen in India in the last five years. And in many ways, the reality is for all the achievements that we have made, for all the dramatic progress that we have made in the last five years, especially in expanding access to the internet. And then increasingly, as you've seen, 
uh, in the emergence of new models. I mean, there is so much enterprise and entrepreneurship, Srija, as you know, covering the startup ecosystem well. Companies large and small are investing in ideas and investing capital to explore what are the models that can come out of India that address the scale of some of the most complex problems that we face in India, right? How do we provide access to education for all? How do we provide access to quality healthcare for all? Um, how do we make sure that um, shopkeepers and small businesses benefit from digital as much as larger companies and established uh, platforms? Uh, all of that means that um, we, we need to uh, encourage companies to uh, experiment and, and, and really innovate at the frontiers while still making sure that there are clear rules that they operate with. Uh, and I've said, them, that, said this in the past, I think we are at a moment uh, globally where we have seen 20, 25 years of rapid innovation triggered by the internet. Uh, and in the beginning, there were not a lot of rules. There wasn't a lot of clarity about you know, how fast could you go on the highways? What are the traffic lights? Um, and and in, in some form or the other uh, stakeholders, including governments are all in the middle of an active conversation about what those traffic lights are. And, and I think that's a good thing. Um, and, and we see ourselves as a stakeholder in the conversation, right? Um, uh, we have learnings to share. Um, we understand that there will be scrutiny on us that comes from, um, the work that we do. Uh, and a lot of it is because I think um, uh, the, the, uh, everyone is aligned on the interest that you want to maximize the, the potential of unleashing these technologies for good, while still to, to one of your earlier questions, making sure that platforms like ours do everything we can uh, to limit the harm that may come from a minority of people or groups. I think to the second question, uh, uh, Srija, uh, about our investment in geo platforms, um, you're absolutely right that we see that as a critical partnership for the future. Um, and and, and uh, we are excited about the partnership for multiple reasons. One, uh, we made the investment uh, a, a year ago uh, in April um, because we saw in geo a company that shared our mission of uh, finding ways to connect the world, right? I think uh, we have spoken a lot about how quickly transformation has happened in India in the last five years. And I honestly think Geo deserves a lot of credit for triggering that revolution uh, by introducing an affordable 4G model that essentially changed the landscape of digitization in India. Um, and and, and I, I think that was the starting point. We we, we saw two companies who were aligned on that mission. In the context of that, I mean, we did think that there was possibility for the two companies to come together and, and invest in the ecosystem in India that would be a win, not just for the two companies, but for the ecosystem as a whole. And, and I think the partnership that was announced, and we're continuing to work on that uh, between Geomart and WhatsApp is an example of that. At the core of it, it could be a very enabling tool for the 60 million small businesses in India, especially the Kirana stores to come online. Essentially structure and, and reduce the friction of a behavior that all of us know already exists, that people are using WhatsApp to connect with their local store. 
um, whether it's the local grocery store um, or, or, or the local farmer, we're all messaging our store and saying, hey, do you mind uh, uh, sending uh, uh, something that I want? Do you have it? What is the price? It, it's, it, it's happening today. Um, I think we are saying if we are able to structure that, make it easier for people on WhatsApp to discover these stores, to discover what are they selling, what is the price, and, and essentially to make it easier to order, then it is a dramatic introduction of convenience for consumers in India, but equally importantly, or more importantly, it's a dramatic economic empowerment opportunity for the Kirana store, because this is the gateway to uh, enter the online world and find mechanisms to increase their income. So we see this as a win-win. And frankly, we see if you're able to connect these dots, the multiplier opportunity for the ecosystem outside of the two companies will be enormous as well. And that's that's the nature of the partnership. We will definitely be looking to do things that are in both our interests, but invariably, we will be particularly focused on opportunities that are good for the ecosystem in India. Okay. So you're sort of just taking further on that question, you know, how has that partnership really come along? Uh, give us some data there and you know, what are your expansion plans to sort of nurture that partnership going ahead? I think um, no no news to uh, share there, uh, Srija. Um, as, in, uh, as in most of these things, when you're uh, doing big things, I think you have to be very thoughtful and make sure that you're investing the right amount of time and energy uh, in making good things happen. And that's what we're in the middle of. So have you had any learnings there? Have you, are, you, are you happy with that journey of partnership with Geo? Of course. Um, I, and I think, I think there will be a moment to share the journey and share the learnings as well as be even more award about what are the specific mechanisms where other companies and, and the ecosystem, especially smaller businesses, can benefit. Okay, tell me one thing about that, uh, you know, Ajit, in terms of your India platform monetization on the India platforms, uh, how is Facebook India going behind that? Uh, you know, give us sort of some sense and uh, color there. As we think about the long term, uh, Srija, the opportunity that we see is in a country where there is so much transformation happening on the back of more and more people getting access to digital, being empowered through the tools that they have access to, and then companies unleashing uh, newer models and innovation, we believe that we have a role to play here for the long term. Uh, because with the platforms that we have, uh, with the nature of these platforms, we believe that uh, we are a big part of that transformation. But I think you were, you were also asking a very specific question about our economic model and, and, and uh, you know, uh, how are we doing? And, and I'm very sincere that every day we spend as much energy on these first two things that we spoke about. Uh, and a lot of our conversations internally are, how do we show up and be helpful in, in, the, in the middle of this pandemic? Um, we also believe that our economic model of advertising, right? I, I think uh, if, if you zoom out and look at the company, um, we, we, these platforms have been built and they're free to use, not just for consumers, but businesses as well. And, and I'll give you a number that I'll, I think will give you the context of our work. The, there are 200 million businesses around the world who use our family of apps, uh, Srija. Only 10 million of them are advertisers on Facebook and Instagram, which means the vast number of 
companies or businesses who use us use us for free without paying any money to us and that's fine uh, we 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 are as invested in building tools that make us useful for those 190 million businesses as we are for those 10 million advertisers uh, and of course i think our belief is that um as people understand how to use our platforms and as they themselves grow and as they have access to more resources they will find that uh, advertising on on facebook is a great mechanism to expand uh, the followership of their products and services to find new consumers invariably to expand nationally and globally and that's that's sort of the last point to make here is our model of advertising is in particular oriented towards the particular economic context of india where disproportionate part of the entrepreneurship uh, will come from smaller businesses uh, newer startups and and um on that couple of things to call out one um we are we are very focused as a product in making sure that our tools are available the tools that are available to our largest clients are also available to our smallest businesses srija um there is no we don't you know we don't see a distinction uh, and second uh, we believe that there's an opportunity in india particularly when there is an explosion of entrepreneurship uh, enabled by all the changes that we have seen in the internet for us to lean in and invest to make sure there is awareness of those tools for the smaller businesses we work with uh uh we have uh, what used to be physical programs earlier which are online programs now which essentially we open the doors to any business to understand how to leverage our platform we work with the private equity and venture capitalists to make sure that their portfolio companies understand the power of the platforms and how to leverage them um and what we are finding and and what we have seen an acceleration in the last year is companies are increasingly leveraging those tools to go not just national but to go global srija uh from day one and and that's the power of uh, i think not just our economic model but the particular context that we are in now this was a mint production brought to you by hd smartcast hd smartcast